listening in to another uh, episode of Real Japan. Woo-hoo. I'm Josh. I'm Jason. And we're joined today by our good friends uh, Wesley and our not so Number good. one listener. And our number one listener. <laughs> hey guys, it's good to be here. This is Kenny. Number one and only. Kenny. Yay! <laughs> Kenny? You don't sound nearly as robotic as usual. <laughs> yeah. I have a cold. Uh, today we're watching the uh, live action uh, movie Irong, The Wolf Brigade, a Korean adaptation of the 1999 not, thank you, uh, anime Jinro, The Wolf Brigade. Uh, Werewolf, The Wolf Brigade. I don't think it's appropriate to use the Conqueror's language when reviewing Korean movies. Sorry, my mistake. Werewolf, the Wolf Brigade. <laughs> we could also call it the Kerberos Saga. Jeez, guys. <laughs> All right, so this uh, movie has popped up on Netflix, which is nice because we're going to have to go out and try and track it down like we've had to do with several of these other live-action movies from across the globe. Standard or, Netflix, though, it's six months late. Yeah. Or uh, try and uh, all get together at a uh, movie theater and then be betrayed and nobody uh, able to actually go to the movie theater. Yeah, if you notice, there was no uh, Laven here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what movie? <laughs> You did it once, too, at the Hollywood. You were like, oh, they're showing this at the Hollywood. And then like, oh, we should go see it. And you're like, I'm not going. Oh, that's true. I don't <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't that. He didn't reserve tickets for us. That's so, true. Uh, so uh, we couldn't get in because it sold out. Yeah. 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 Was that Godzilla? No, that was, um, wasn't <laughs> Blade it? Blade the Immortal. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. I never saw Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. You didn't reserve tickets for us, and then we all showed up, and then uh, we had uh, a lot of issues that night. Oh. Mostly with you. But did you listen to the podcast? I did. That was a good episode. Yeah, actually, I plan on watching it the next time I'm on an airplane. <laughs> the podcast? No, Blade of the Immortal. <laughs> I didn't know we made visual uh, or video ones. Oh, that's for the Patreon account. Oh, mm-hmm. is that what? Okay. Yeah. That's what that camera's for. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, if people are not familiar with it, the Wolf's Brigade, whatever title you want to give it, Wesley. You already said Il Young. You're wrong. Iran? <laughs> You're so wrong. So far away. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in a dystopian time period. Yeah, kind of varies which one, uh, which version you're watching. Uh, where there is general unrest and a terrorist group that is uh, trying to use that unrest in order to further their uh, political ideology agenda. Ideology. Yes, I, uh, yes, exactly. We've been drinking. Ideology. Speak for yourself. You have been drinking. I heard you in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> so yeah. Jinro it starts in what was it like 2024? Yeah. Right. Japan and China are at war. And Russia and China are applying pressure to the Korean Peninsula. So North and South Korea decide, let's reunify. And there's civil unrest because of this, because there's like one part of society doesn't want it to happen, and another part does. Um, Kenny's wrong on this. What it is is that there's a war between Japan and China. In the middle of it, Korea decides to reunify in order to you know become stronger, and then... China, Japan, Russia, and the U.S. are like, whoa, the last thing we want is a unified Korea Peninsula, because if that happens, we're Kim, all fucked. Yeah, <laughs> Kim Jong-un, he's just going to get full power, and who knows what all uh, crazy things are going to go. Wait, so, I thought we were watching Wolf Brigade, not CNN. So basically, the uh, reunification of North and South Korea would be like third impact. It's just like, this would be the end of everything. Exactly. So what happens is that those other countries do embargoes and everything else to ruin the economy of the two Koreas, and that's what causes the unrest, because they're like, well, if we reunify, we're going to get beat up and we have all these economic uh, hardships from the uh, major players here, and the other group saying, no, we need to reunify. So it's just how they're going with that. So I'm glad that you paid attention to the movie. I can't read. It's really hard to watch these foreign films. (laughs) Speaking of which... What the fuck was up with the subtitles? Yeah. 
the subtitles kept jumping. Sometimes it's on the lower part of the screen, then it goes to the upper part of the screen. At one point, it looks like they're trying to do it because they've got other subtitles, uh, like the Korean subtitles at the bottom to explain what else is going on. Um, but then there are other instances where those subtitles are on the top left corner of the screen, so there's no reason for it to be at the top. Yeah, it kind of steadied out towards the end, but at the beginning, it was just jumping all over the place and made it a pain in the ass. Well, yeah. I told you guys it was about the reunification of South and North Korea, and it hasn't happened yet. So it's going to be at the north of the screen and the south of the screen. Yeah, it depends on it depends on which uh, which country was doing the subtitling <laughs> at that part of the movie. Well. Okay, also, not to be an old Kenny here, but the white small font subtitles, can't we just go back to VHS tapes and thick yellow? Yeah, dial- it's a really dialogue-heavy movie, so <clears throat> you have to be kind of quick on your reading to follow all everything along. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the premise. The movie itself kind of explores uh, two rival factions in the government itself, so the, the terrorist network is kind of more of a backdrop to it, while these, with the public... Public, public safety? safety? Public yeah, safety. Public safety versus... Uh, the Wolf Security. Public, yeah, public Security and Secret Unit. Yeah, oh, Secret Unit. Yeah, Secret Unit. Special, special Unit. Special yeah, Unit. Special Unit. Yeah. yeah. That was when I came in high school. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Public Security versus the Secret Unit. Um, and they're kind of using the terrorist group called The Sect um, yeah. as a tool for the, we'll see which one came out on top. And the, Insert joke there. <laughs> the Special Unit is formed um, when the public unrest starts to get out of hand because the normal police aren't equipped to uh, handle, like, these violent mobs. So the Korean government creates this special unit that are like armored stormtroopers, basically. Speaking of equipment, I mean, they did a fantastic job of adapting the animated stormtrooper outfits to 3D, to real life. Not yeah. not even CG. They actually made mm-hmm. outfits for them to wear. Yeah. And they did a damn good job of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the helmet looks like Darth Vader's helmet and they uh, kind of have the uh, the breathing thing. Yeah. That does make a lot more sense in the original based on just setting because mm-hmm. it's 1950s German occupied Japan. Yeah, okay. So using a bunch of ex-German equipment mm-hmm. makes more sense than it, it does. It, it wasn't German occupied. Yeah, it totally was in the original. No, yeah, no, that's no. why there's all the German text. Yeah. That's why when we were watching this one I'm like Having all the German text doesn't make nearly as much sense. Hmm. No, 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 that's why it's an alternate reality in the original 1950s Japan, is it's post-war, but Germany is now occupying Japan. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so, for anyone who's not familiar with, like, the original Jinro, first, why, why, why? But, second, so this armor is just, like, iconic. If you're more familiar with video games, like, Gorilla really kind of lifted a lot of it for Killzone. Like yeah. the the Hellgast and Killzone really look similar to these this armor, and it's just heavy plate. If you walking ta- tanks, yeah. If you play tabletop games, um, what is it? The Eisenkern Troopers that came out as alternate 40k models are Genro. It's just Genro, yeah. Hmm. Definitely so on that one. Which one of our references was more esoteric? <laughs> um, totally the 40k. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just wanted to check. Well, probably the Wolf's Brigade uh, uh, Ideant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Space Runaway Wolf's Brigade. Uh, so uh, let's do like a kind of a scene breakdown because we're full of spoilers on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah we're entering spoiler territory. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the, the, the first scene is really what uh, I think sets the whole world. As it, you know, it's yeah, it sets the tone. building of... scene, yeah. yeah. Uh, where you have the the protests, you know, they're throwing Molotovs and all that, but you do have the normal cops and the police in there. Uh, they're kind of dealing with it. But then, you know, things escalate quickly when the sect gets involved. They start throwing hand grenades. 
grenades and pulling out guns, and the, the regular cops are just like, there's nothing we can do. All we have are batons and shields. Yeah. Um, and then that's where you get the uh, Wolf's Brigade make their entrance uh, into uh, flush out the core of the, of the sect. Well, is that, the uh, it's not the Wolf's Brigade specifically. It's just a special it's unit. Because the Wolf's Brigade is uh, a subset. Wolf's Brigade of- are the ones that appear in the sewer with the super armor. Yeah. No, so no, I think okay. that's so, just so, all the special. Uh, so that's the single biggest flaw in this movie is that you have all these different units and subunits and different groups all vying for control, and it's hard to really get that explained. I mean, it's a longer movie, but it's an easy thing to kind of lose track of of like who are we talking about at any given time. I mean, yeah. either way, the sect is in the sewers. The guys in the German armor carrying around the heavy machine guns. Uh, or the uh, special unit. The special unit is definitely down there. Yeah. And the baller flamethrower. They yeah. straight up did. I mean, like, one dude had flamethrower, and he goes walking through the sewer and just torches the whole room. And I was like, that's pretty badass. Yeah, except like for flamethrowers. they torch the room with all the evidence in it. Yeah, Which actually needs benefits. Secret police don't need it, evidence. It makes more sense uh, later on in the movie that they did that. Yeah, yeah, actually it does, because the yeah. whole thing is just a power play between them. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the movie's full of uh, back alley deals and... Uh, Double dealings and counter spies and, yeah. and everything else. Political unrest type. I think, honestly, one of the best comparisons was made during the film when it was either Josh or Kenny said, oh shit, he's about to go all Jason Bourne on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the main character, Lim, uh, he's a member of the special unit. And is later to be revealed to be a member of the Wolf's Brigade. And he's, yeah, he is like Jason Bourne without the memory loss. Uh, He's an elite soldier. He's well-trained, all-around badass. And he has the best wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they all Which which part of it? His jackets. So he wears three amazing jackets in this movie. Uh, It starts out, and in one scene, he has this awesome kind of olive drab canvas jacket it's kind of big and poofy military um esque and then for a majority of the movie he has this kick-ass brown leather bomber jacket with a fur collar like a sheep's wool collar Mm. and then right at the end he gets a kind of a it's like a crushed leather light gray bomber jacket more of a modern cut uh with a uh, it's still like wool lined but the collar's a little smaller just so, Great A jackets. So you're saying during most of the movie, he's wearing the uh, leather jacket with the sheep lined collar. Yeah. So a wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! I yes. Think, I think also you're looking. He has four amazing jackets during the movie. What's his, what's the fourth? We've already talked about how oh, amazing the suit of armor, the yeah. suit of armor is. Yeah. <laughs> which is just a full metal jacket. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> We're guests on this podcast. Please don't ruin it. <laughs> Uh, Wes has been on here before. We know what he's about. I'm about two glasses in and 5'11". So the beginning scene uh, where they meet up with the sect shows one of the first uh, tonal differences between Mm. this and the original Japanese one, Mm. uh, where they uh, start... Well, they fire warning shots with rubber bullets. The... uh, Oh, yeah. The the Wolf Brigade. Yeah, even the the special unit does. Yeah. Uh, They really kind of go off for a warning thing. They kind of say... Please surrender. And the terrorists when, shoot first. Yep. And then they say, according to article, blah, 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 you shot me so I can shoot you. Kind of curious about that. Because the Wolf's Brigade are armed with machine guns. And refeeding a belt that's fed from your backpack is a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. So where'd the rubber bullets come from? So <laughs> but the, that it was looks a whole, like it was, uh, it was a separate unit. They have those training guns that they show later on. The front line unit did with the, with the shields. Yeah. The back line unit, the way that the... Um, Special units 
machine gun works. So instead of having like a continuous belt from the backpack to the gun, they pull out a, a, a like a section of their belt and it clips in. It's just easier to reload. That's also how belt fed machine guns work. That's okay. <laughs> but it's not like it's it's, it's short, not coming it's easier from yeah. the backpack yeah. in a continuous cycle. Yeah, they just they pull out a, a like a hundred like a, a fruit by, a fruit by the foot. They pull out their fruit by the foot <laughs> of high caliber guns of bullets and they they load it into their machine gun. Their M sixties, what are they? Like German uh, MG forty two. MG forty two. Actually that's one of the big changes. Because the movie's now set in twenty twenty nine or twenty twenty four, it's gonna be an M G three. Okay. The MG-42 was rechambered for NATO rounds in 1960, but because it was such a good design, they didn't change the design, they just rechambered it. Nerd! So the 1950 original one would be an MG-42, but 2024, this would be an MG-3. Can you tell we're Americans? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to date on my Nazi weaponry. <laughs> Guns and shit. Yeah. So, and like uh, like Kitty was saying, so like the front line was the one that had the rubber bullets. And then when, after the terrorist shot and they said, okay, we get to use lethal force now too, the front line ducked down and then the second line stepped up a little bit and started shooting. Just cut them to ribbons. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, uh, from there you, get, you enter into the political uh, story. Well, they, I actually know. They, like, that's not the pivotal scene that happens after that. The pivotal scene is the main character comes across uh, uh, one of the, one of the red, red Riding Hoods. Correct. The deliver explosive. The, the uh, sect uses to deliver supplies uh, between their units. Catches mm-hmm. her there. Remembers back to Bloody Friday where the uh, secret units accidentally murdered several school uh, children. Yeah, uh, uh, like well, they're all like fifteen-year-old girls. Fifteen of them at a surprise birthday party. Yeah, at a surprise <laughs> birthday party. They, they don't really explain what that was about. Was surprise. it surprised because yeah. they were surprised? Yeah, no, no, no. they just um, they, they just both of them up. were surprised. The girls were surprised they got shot, and they were surprised they were shooting little girls. But yeah. they just like roll up on unsuspecting. Like, like it doesn't even make sense. There's it. No, no, yeah. no they, uh, they say it later. They're like, we had bad intel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. George Bush defense. Yeah, so, somebody uh, swatted them. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just a group of like <laughs> Korean schoolgirls playing Overwatch, and their rival team is just like calls the special unit, and that's the catalyst for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I was gonna say StarCraft too, but then I realized that the entire Overwatch league is entirely staffed by Koreans. Yeah. Uh, so from that point is uh, where the story uh, kind of continues on, and we start yeah. being put into this big uh, counter spy drama, and data, cloak and dagger type stuff. Correct. Correct. Where I think that's where like. Uh, it really kind of, sort of, kind of starts to drag, mm-hmm. um, and it's really hard to kind of tell people apart. That's the best thing about the main character is he has the jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the whole reason he has that jacket is like this is the main guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't remember in the original anime if they do it, but the kind of the de facto head of the public security, not the head head who just sits there and gets shaved and does nothing, mm. but the guy who actually does things is X special unit. Yeah, this yeah. guy was too. Was that was that in the anime as well? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. can't remember that. But it's just, they give him a lackey with this same haircut and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're always walking around in black yeah. suits and white shirts and black ties. Yeah, because they're all government officials. That's what they all yeah. look like. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this um, the character we're referring to is Han in this one. Yeah. Um, who I think, he gives my favorite performance in the movie. Like, because the actor playing Lim, like Lim is just kind of. He's supposed to be stoic. Yeah. And so he's like a devoid of emotion and for a majority of the movie and is just kind of go executing the plan whereas like han is trying to execute his own plan which is like driven by a desire to you know gain power and 
position. And so there's, I feel like there's a lot more emotion behind his performance. And mm-hmm. so he, I, I liked him more as a character. No, I agree. I think he did a better job acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, but again, it was, I think, given yeah. more to work with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where the main character. Uh, he was just told, you're a soldier. You have no emotions. Yeah. Go. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, th- this part here, I would say that, um, I mean, Koreans definitely make a better live action film. Yeah. They make better food, too. It's true. <laughs> so, the first the first thing we talked about as we sat down was we just the this consensus here is that Korean food, by and large, on the average, is just superior to Japanese food, and it, it holds true with movies too. Oh, definitely. So I think it fits the American palate better. Mm. Um, it tends to be heavier flavors, much more uh, centered on uh, meat, mm-hmm. uh, where I find uh, Japanese food is more centered on vegetables and pickles. You tend to use a lot more liberal garlic and onion. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the movies, a lot more violence yeah. Yeah. Uh, than what you get with uh, Japanese movies. Yeah. Mm. Not as much sex, though. No. There was definitely there's a scene when our main character meets up with uh, the sister of the yeah, red riding hood blew herself supposed up. Supposed yeah. sister. Supposed sister, yes. Yeah. But he thinks it's, well, we think he thinks it's a sister, yeah. all this yeah. stuff's going on. And all of us were like, dude, don't bang her in the dead sister's room. And then nothing happened. And we're like, oh, that was a surprise because our American minds immediately went to, there's going to be a sex scene here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Korean fills in all that with excess violence. Yeah. 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 But they're good at it. Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, like, obviously people have heard of movies like Old Boy and things like yeah. that, but there was some kick-ass, like, running through a parking lot, diving through a dude's window, kicking <laughs> him in the head. Yeah. So we're getting ahead of ourselves because – so the, that setup with, like, the girl blowing herself up in the sewer, that is, like, the prologue to a sequence of five action scenes that just kind of have a lot of dialogue between them. Mm. Yeah, there was a good, what was it, like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, of, yeah, maybe hour and a half yeah. uh, from when the initial scene happens to when the climax starts happening where the, the rest of the action comes in. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard 6, yeah, yeah. Soul Tower. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, it's just a very, very great scene. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. So after all the other cloak and dagger stuff happens, they go and try and set up Lim to be the fall guy for a bunch of other stuff to take down the uh, special unit. And yeah, so he punches a girl in the face. Bam! Right yep. off the bat. Because again, <laughs> no, 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 second, he, he second, the guy yeah. first. Yeah, he, yeah. Oh. he does. He drags the dude down by his arm and like kind of beats crap out of him and then dives behind a dis- German display for something. And when the girl walks by, he goes, bam! <laughs> so um, to set the scene, I thought the whole point of this was to not get no, no, no. bogged no, no, no. down listen, in listen, all listen, the, all the, the nitty-gritty story and how it was going to set up. Action. No, no, no. Hold on, hold Action. on. Action. He was, he was going to be framed, and he's like, okay, I see how this is going. Yep. But not- arm lock this guy, take him down, steal his gun, <laughs> punch this woman in the face, boom, 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 three dead public security officers. This, this, this is the scene where immediately went, oh, shit, Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. But most people listening to this sorry, podcast. Sorry, it's, it's a Korean movie. Most, you're the Bourne. only one. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> so I am not very familiar with Korea, and so I had to have some context as to where this is happening. There's essentially a Tokyo Sky Tree in Seoul. <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> Don't put your imperialist ambitions back onto the Korea. Yeah, I'm trying to say the Koreans sold out. <laughs> <laughs> there is a tower on Would a hill. you stop walking into these puns? <laughs> there's a tower in Seoul, and it's like a museum. In this movie, it's set up like a museum, so there's a bunch of... Like placards that segment this area, and Lim is standing in the middle of them. And this entire time, he's been clocking all these secret police that have been following him. 
And so when it starts to go down, he's just like, okay, I guess this is how it's going to be. And he just starts taking people out. Yeah. That's all I wanted to set up. Because <laughs> in, in my mind, what you were describing was just happening in like a white box. That is true. That is true. I want to say it's so he's high off the ground, which will be important later. It is true. Well, I did say this is Die Hard, yeah, uh, style Six, up yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like Soul Tower. Soul Tower. Was yes. it 100, no, 150, 200 meters in the air where they are? Uh, correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they showed a map of it because yeah. he did an ocular pat down on the map to yeah. determine what he needed to descend the tower. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it actually did come up uh, later. I think yep. the best part is where he beat up the other girl, uh, where he like crashed her face into the mirror and uh, then like snapped her neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this movie did not discriminate on the ty- the the genders of secret police that he was fighting. This and is twenty twenty nine, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is even this is even further, further in the future. future. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's just yeah, an yeah, awesome yeah, action scene. <laughs> and he like totally just dismantles everybody that comes at him and he does most of it without a gun and then he gets a gun and my favorite scene is he he knocks these three guys out he gets like a like a hammer or something out of a out of an emergency case and he takes them out with it and then he picks up one of their guns and he just kills them all he's just like shoots all three of them i love when sometimes you have a super soldier and it's just like he is winning because of the plot but the, they do a great job in demonstrating that this guy is just a well-trained soldier so he's very he's methodical in how he takes people down he, you know, follows the Zombieland rules of double tap, and it's just—it's a really great action scene. It's kind of like a—it's when the movie starts to pay off. <laughs> We've been sitting here, and we're like, okay, when's this gonna? When's this gonna like flip the switch and go ultra violent? And- exactly, and it delivers well. Yeah, and then yeah. he has a whole escape scene. Um, where he combines, hard. yeah, Die Hard, where he combines a bunch of fire hoses together and then uh, descends half of the uh, thing and then uses them again to descend the other half. Yeah, or something because yeah, little, <laughs> yeah. it cuts away and then uh, magically it. Uh, yeah, the, the he's cuts, in the parking lot. Yeah, the cuts in the movie are a little rough. Yeah. They're weird. It, well, no, it's because most of them are just perfectly fine, and then you'll be hit with one that's just really jarring and out of place. Was, yeah. Yeah, it was the one where, okay, they're in uh, the girl's room, and then it cuts to uh, the barracks where, like, the, the CO or somebody's walking in, and, okay, you're in your bed, you're in your bed, oh, Lim's not in his bed, and then it cuts back to Lim and the girl again where they're somewhere else. Eating delicious Korean noodles. Yeah. <laughs> It looks really good, but also that never matters because in the in the anime he gets in trouble for for sneaking out, but in this I don't that never comes up. No, they never bring it up again. They just put the scene in there because it was in the original. Yeah, hmm. yeah. What did that one reviewer say about this movie? Oh yeah. So if we turn to the IMDb trivia, uh, why would you do that? <laughs> well, because you want to learn trivia about this movie. So we're for, providing the trivia. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll go fill this out. So to explain these differences, I turn to this four of five found this interesting trivia on IMDb. This film is not. This is a direct quote. This film is not a direct remake of Jinro Wolf Brigade, nineteen ninety nine, which is set a alternate reality of nineteen fifties of Japan. Comma. This Korean remake sets the action in Korea and places the story in the future. Period. End quote. So there are some nice homages to uh, the original, and there's some great callbacks to how some of it was storyboarded, but there are some big changes, especially in the character of, in the original, it's like Kay's sister, or is it Kay? The woman that is essentially the honeypot for um, Lim, she gets more backstory in this than the in the original. Well, this movie is also much longer. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, the main thing that I you know, disagree with that statement is 
we were just talking about how there's a scene where he's found he's outside the barracks, but it doesn't come up later. But they it's in there because it was in the right animated uh, general film. But I do think there were big changes. I mean, we've already talked about how the MG42 was changed to an MG3. Uh, how the Japanese food changed to better Korean food. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was not the Tokyo Tower. That was never in the original, <laughs> but now it's the Seoul Tower. It's an abandoned shopping arcade when they go there. Also, I don't think they had the uh, handheld rubber, the, the single shot flare guns. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was uh, based in the 50s. They didn't have those kind yeah. of things then. Yeah. Yeah, where now it's uh, public safety, so... Yeah. Uh, and yeah, actually, that also a big change. They, try, they do a lot more to try to make your Wolf Brigade good guys. Good guys, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's a lot more ambiguous in the anime. Because you, I mean, you inherently understand Germany sucks and the bad guys, but... Uh, wow. That gets rid of all of our German listeners. <laughs> Sorry, see you go, Laban. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another big difference, and this plays back into the fight scenes, is in the uh, animated film, it's not really an action movie. It's a, it's a it's like a political thriller. So the action is few and far between and on a much smaller scale. In this movie, they just throw 100 guys at Lim. I, he probably gets attacked by like 25 people in the Seoul Tower. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. And drones. And a yeah. drone. And then yeah. in the parking lot. And then the parking lot, yeah. which is a, a really cool driving fight scene. So they escape down to this parking lot and Lim sneaks and is like escorting his uh, female contact. And they're like ducking around and all these special police are like getting into their cars. And Lim waits for a secret police guy to get into his car, and then he sprints at the car, leaps, and does a flying kick. What's that wrestling move called? Drop kick. He does a flying drop kick through the passenger side window, kicks the guy out of the car, and GTA style takes it. This is, it's more like uh, if you've played the uh, Spider-Man game, Spider-Man does it all the time. Yeah. Well, so it's cars? Uh, well, no, uh, kicks him through the uh, Spider-Man window. is a menace. What's he still doing in New York? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, JJ. So um, they do this awesome fight in the parking lot where, he, where Lim is like crashing in, into people. And then he ends up in this standoff with a Han. And he like Han calls him on the yeah, phone. Han. Han. Han call- to get rid of all the Germans. Hans. Han. <laughs> Hansel? Hans. Was Gretel with him too? Was he alone? No, he had like five. Oh, so it wasn't Han Solo. <laughs> Han and Lim. Han Solo. <laughs> Han is actually never alone in this movie. He's always has like his entourage. Even well, when a public servant. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a way to, for uh, the director to really be like, we are paying. For too many people to be in public service. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Public yeah. commentary. And then, um, so they, there's this comfort, this awesome confrontation in the, the parking lot where there's only like five secret police left with Han and uh, Lim is behind the driver's seat with a, with a gun. And they're talking on the phone and or Han is trying to convince Lim to turn himself in. And Lim just sends him back evidence of the secret police's corruption and then drives off. <laughs> <laughs> well, drives off by driving like through the, uh, yeah. Yeah. the police to show them how, again, how ineffective they are. Yeah. Right. Because, okay, he's still in the car. It's still running. It apparently hasn't been incapacitated. Nobody else is in a car trying to block his escape. I mean, he's running for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We forgot to uh, talk about the training scene, but you'll just have to watch the movie to see that awesome. That's probably my favorite action scene. That's um, pretty cool, yeah. For, for those familiar with the original Jinro, um, it's also the best action scene in that movie. 
when they're in the training facility, um, and they crank it up to 11 in this version. Um, it's really good. So from the parking lot, <laughs> Lim I, escapes. I mean, we don't need to really do a play-by-play. No, we don't need to do a play-by-play, but I'm just going to yada, yada, yada over until we get to the next fight scene. Well, well, I, well not exactly. Uh, you know, the, the thing, you know, the, the the training one, I think, is less critical for the plot. I mean, it's yeah. a great action scene, so, mm-hmm. I mean, and we got to leave something for yeah. people to, to, to kind of view with fresh eyes, but the... The Soul Tower fight is very pivotal because that's where it's like, oh, this is where it reveals everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, who are the players in? And then you kind of enter into more of a, the doldrums of kind of this, like, kind of chase and, yeah. and kind of more counter espionage, mm-hmm. you know, hostage taking, hostage accidentally shooting. Yeah. Yeah. All that sort of stuff where you're just like, okay, guys, you already gave me three nice shots of the sweet stuff. Where's my fix? Yeah. Um, and that leads to the, like, the, the final showdown. Yeah. You got any more of that wolf brigade? <laughs> so, in the, you know, it's a twist of a twist. Turns out the wolf brigade was totally aware of the secret police the entire time and has been using their honeypot to honeypot them. So if this, <laughs> a, if this was a Japanese movie, which originally was, wouldn't it be like a Mitarashi pot? It's terrible. <laughs> You're terrible. So for those unfamiliar, a honeypot is where you like you have something sweet to entice somebody to come in and fall for a trap. And usually it's like you have a an attractive woman. It's the woman in the red dress from the Matrix. You know, it's a tra- it's a trap. But this is like a a plot to capture something. And so it's like it's one of those you know all according. <laughs> Jason said it during the movie, it's all according to Keikaku. It's like all according to plan. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the whole point of what the Wolf Brigade is doing is to lure the secret police out into the open and kill them all. And Lim gets that honor in the sewers. And for those yeah. unaware, Mitarashi is a sweet miso paste you put on dungo. <laughs> Thank you for that point of clarity. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, we'll have a recipe for that. Hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Wes will provide it in the liner notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the final showdown, I mean, the whole setup with it, you know, he uh, c- comes down there, got the honeypot with them, like the other agents show up and they just have all these like little rolling suitcases and they're like, yeah, what we have in here is actually the full armor that we w- were geeking over at the beginning of this podcast yep. about, suit them up. And then it just enters into, I mean, where this movie really excels. Yeah, uh, uh, full, uh, like Kenny said uh, during the movie, it was uh, Goldeneye for the most part of uh, even Doom. Yeah. It was straight uh, up playing facility with proximity mines. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this, while Lim's getting this armor put on, his his commanding officer issues like the, the most famous line in the movie, we're not humans in wolves clothing, we're wolves in humans clothing. And it's totally, that line totally describes what happens next as Lim, like, methodically mows down the secret police all the basic ones and then the the super secret police uh special unit shows up and then uh they get mowed down too well exactly you can tell these are super secret uh police uh mm-hmm. badasses because one guy has a nice mohawk another guy just kind of gets out of the van smoking yep. you can see that these are not suits they're not like desk jockeys that have jumped out here to you know try and gun down or well, or capture like what they see is like an easy mark, uh, yeah. but definitely these are military people. They all have the individual aspects of a hardened unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they feel more like mercenaries. There's one guy with an anti-tank. The RPG? Yeah, yeah. RPG thing. Kind of 
of has like an easy gate to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm so much sure that uh, Kenny was like, oh, well, what are these guys doing? Like, yeah. like, like they don't seem like they, they give any fucks and they're just going to be shot. Well, they come and, walking in laughing at the body. Yeah. The desktop. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. They just kind of saunter in and they're just like, oh, and my observation was that they were not being very careful, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Lim has been like walking around and like clipping through corners and shooting people. He turned <laughs> on his wall hacks. He yeah. deserves yeah. a backband. Yeah. yeah. And these guys are just kind of like, but then the second they hear something that, that puts them on guard, they're full in it and they're just badass. And they put up the best fight against Lim. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I really enjoy about this part here, too, is that they go and they fight them. They take some losses and they retreat. There's like, we're cutting our losses here. He'll finish killing those people. We're moving to the next part. We got more plans. We got proximity mines. We got a harpoon gun. Yeah, they yeah. brought Scorpion with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get over here. <laughs> well, and that was one thing where, okay, they, they shot the, uh, the harpoon gun at him. It goes through his leg and then it starts dragging him takes care of that group, and then he's walking perfectly fine through the rest of the movie. Yeah, he's in the zone. Yeah. Yeah, It's adrenaline. (laughs) Well, it's more than just that, because even after when they go to do the other piece, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Adrenaline was dead at that point. I was just thinking about that, how as we started talking through the scene, I'm like, ah, crap. They do make him a super soldier because he totally is not affected. Like, he gets shot through the ankle. It, it's not a super soldier. It's continuity. They, they have, th- this movie has a lot of issues with continuity. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy with shaving cream on his face, and then he doesn't have shaving cream yeah. on his face. This guy's been shot through the ankle. Yeah. And then he's perfectly fine. Yeah. It, it's not a super soldier type thing. It's uh, it's sloppy continuity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he um, he's fighting through the... <sighs> he takes out Mohawk and RPG guy... In the best way, because uh, he oh, turns yeah. on the his Wesley's, turns on the wall hacks. Wesley's not kidding. He turns on his heat vision and he can see through a brick wall apparently, and so he shoots the RPG guy through a brick wall, and the RPG guy falls, and as he's falling, his like death grip pulls the trigger on the RPG and takes out Mohawk guy through a wall. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and then you end up with the, the like the final throwdown between Han and Lim, which I don't know. Mohawk guy was so much better. Yeah, Mohawk guy was better, yeah. but Han was ex. He was in the in the special unit, just never the Wolf Brigade, and so he knows how they fight. And he's also a really well trained soldier. He's also the only one smart enough to bring an M4 into the sewer uh, with an under with an undersling grenade launcher. M203. Yeah, with an M203. Thank you. <laughs> and so he puts up a significant fight against Lim. It's just. He takes some injuries early on, and so he's never at 100%, and he just gets mowed down. Well, I think he's also in a different frame of mind. Yeah. Lim, Lim has entered like, the whole cool, calculated killer mode. Yeah. I'm just going through and doing this. Han like shows like he's like frustrated and angry yeah. because he comes across one of his, uh, I think, his lackey that we described earlier that looks exactly like him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we can't do this. We have to retreat. You know, this guy's the Wolf Brigade, and uh, Han just like shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Duh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, he's getting frustrated that he's being beaten by this oh, guy, yeah. even though he does not have all the cool ass armor. I mean, he has like some. He puts like, on. Rig, yeah. But, well, uh, he's got he's got like a flak vest or something. Yeah. 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 Which isn't going to do anything against the type of gun that's yeah. being used, but and doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> but he survives longer than anybody else. Yeah. He had a little bit of blood armor. Just a wee bit. <laughs> and then, I mean, from here, it kind of kind of wraps up the whole political aspects of it. So you see you know, kind of who's one in the, the end on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes to well, what is actually the ending of the Japanese uh, anime, where they're wrapping everything up, and then it's Lim and the honeypot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's told to wrap it up. Yeah. And so this is where the two paths diverge, and the Korean remake takes the worst path. In that 
in the so major spoiler warning here we're going into how the movie wraps up well the, i think before you get in it goes back to what i was saying earlier where they're trying to make sure the wolf create is more seen especially our main hero yeah is more seen as unambiguously good yeah and they want kind of a happy ending i think that there's maybe when you animate it your stars don't go on to you know they don't have a following they don't have fans people don't care about their well-being as much the say you do well i know the say you do but i mean like these are famous actors in Korea, and so you there's. I feel like there's more audience pressure not to do the real ending. Well, I don't know. You got, you have this anime though, because I mean, how many people still groan when you talk about a Full Metal Alchemist when either Maze Hughes dies or the uh, the girl in the Chimera. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not. But you don't have to worry about them showing up in another anime. Yeah. Exactly. Going with That's it. what yeah. I'm saying. It's and like in American, it'd be like The Rock. The yeah. Rock says he won't go do a movie unless it has a happy ending. Right. Mm. So so Jinro. Uh, ends with they emerge from the sewer and um, the main character is told, you know, we got to wrap up the loose ends. So he kills the the woman and then the movie ends. This one, Lim leaves in one car and she gets taken with the wolf brigade to a, an unknown lo- location and she's going to be killed by firing squad, which is how the in Jinro she dies, you know, the main character just kills her, but it looks like, oh, they're going to do the same ending, but they're just going to have it not be Lim because he has feelings for her. But then Lim shows up and he's like, no, you can't do this. And so his commanding officer is like, here, take this gun. You do it. You decide if this is fair. Uh, and he doesn't do it. He lets her go. And so his commanding officer is like, God damn it. So he pulls his car over, suits up, which we've seen in the past. It takes like four people to put this suit on. He just does it by himself, which automatically makes him the best wolf. He had a full car with him. Yeah, he had. Yeah, but no one got out. He just opened well, the we case. We didn't see that. We see him open the case, and the next thing we know, he's in full armor. Yeah, okay. he may have been like, "Hey guys, put me I'm in armor." Yeah, yeah. yeah. The they, they didn't. They don't have the Iron Man suit type of right. capability of. Yeah. Yeah, this is a realistic movie. So the commanding officer shows up with a shotgun. And the trading sequence earlier establishes that the commanding officer is a very good soldier. So Lim and the commanding officer go at it. And it reaches a point where it shows the outside of the building and you hear a gunshot and then you think the movie's over. But then it keeps going on. That's the, the single <laughs> this is the problem. falls just, of this movie. Yeah, it just doesn't. It, it does won't, the Lord of the Rings thing where it should have ended 20 minutes earlier. Well, yeah. Yeah. it won't be ambiguous. It refuses to be ambiguous, which is what, like, stop. Yeah, because I, I would have enjoyed it more if it stopped at that, at that, at that point in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get the whole giant eagles flying in, which is represented by Co-Rail. Yeah. And then... Yeah. <laughs> it's Korea's uh, public rail line. Yeah, where it shows the happy ending of the uh, of the girl and her brother who was... In hospital. In the hospital whole thing because he's dying of some disease or something like that. No, I like think that. he's having a like, leg injury. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like an IVN. Yeah, it's, yeah. So the whole motivation behind um, honeypot. the the honeypot being who she is is she she was in the sect and then she le- she got caught by the secret police or the public security or whatever and they turned her into an informant and then they used her brother who was sick as leverage. Yeah, exactly. Which in the movie takes like thirty minutes over four scenes to explain. Yeah, w- way too long. Way yeah. too long. But unfortunately, again, this is where the movie really fails because they're on the train. You see somebody looking at him uh, through the window, and they take off in the train, and then she sees that he's still alive and uh, all that sort of stuff, and credits roll. Yep. And it's like, it would have been nicer to I don't know, either have a more full-on happy ending, where he actually joins them, yeah. um, instead of doing all that shit, and then not... Yeah. Yeah, uh, just watching him leave. Yeah. Mm. 
a creeper. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, it totally made sense because he goes to the train station. She goes there and she's like, I've got my brother. I have to go with him. And he's like, you have to go. She's like, but how can I leave you? And he goes, don't worry. We'll always have soul. (laughs) It's like Paris before the war. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking now. So here's my head cannon. The commanding officer and Lim, they end their duel like standing, facing each other down with a single shot flare gun. I'm going to say they both pull the trigger and the rubber bullets hit each other and like... No, that's they, a load of bullshit. You can no, see no, him listen. walking away. You You're, hear no, the no, gunshot. Listen, listen, the girl listen. sneaks back in and shoots the officer, but she sucks at shooting as so we saw earlier. Yeah. Because when she killed the two dudes on a hit, to kill two dudes, he took like an entire clip. Magazine. That's right. Shame face. <laughs> Show me up. <laughs> Wesley 2, Kenny 1. <laughs> I'm going to win this. Yeah. I'm going to turn and, this around. Well, because Lim couldn't have shot anything because he set his gun down, stood up, and started walking away. Wow, I really checked out at the end. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it ended. <laughs> just, just go write your fan fiction for your Tumblr and leave it to the real people who watch movies. Okay. I yeah. think I will. Leave that, it to but. the professionals. So this is how I would have done it. I would have had them shoot the bullet at each other, the bullet, like, hit midair, and they realize how futile their actions are, and then they walk off to have a, you know, they just live happily ever after. Delicious Korean barbecue. See, I would have had the fade to black with gunshot, but I would have done it when she's, like, quoting Little Red Riding Hood at him. Oh, yeah. That would have been the best spot. That would have been the best. When he's like, just get away, just stop it, yeah. just get away, it goes black, you hear a gunshot, movie's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. None of the none of the final crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That whole yeah. ending thing yeah. really need to be tidied up. And it also... It shows the commanding officer. He's alive, too. Yeah. It's like, why do we need to know all this? But oh, because he's they're all famous actors. sling on, which is why I think she sneaks back and shoots him. She's uh, just a bad shot. But why wouldn't they show that? I have no idea. It's like they wanted to leave uh, an ambiguous ending, but then said, Chicken mm, out. nope, can't do it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It might be like they maybe had a, like a change. Like they did a focus group type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, crap, we got to kind of maybe shoot some scenes here mm-hmm. and fill them in. Um, actually, I don't think that she sneaks back in and shoots him. I think in the fight, he ends up with his arm broken. Yeah, he, t- yeah. he dislocates his shoulder in that fight. Yeah, but it just shows that he's still continuing on training more Wolf's Brigade. Yeah. But the flare gun doesn't sound like a pistol, and what you hear is a pistol. Okay. I don't know. That's, I, the whole thing's confusing. Yeah, it the, really is. The whole thing's unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, yeah. Ultimately, it's, I just prefer the, the Jinro ending. Yeah. Watch Il Young right up to that scene, turn it off, switch to the anime, watch the ending, you're good. Yeah. 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 Watch yeah. the anime anyway, but Yeah, the anime is beautiful. Yeah. Well I think I think even if you watch up to the point where they have the guns drawn and the camera pans up and fades to black and hear the gunshot, stop. Yep. Yeah, that'd be good ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, I think if you just did that, that would work. Yeah. I mean the whole point in the anime is that the main character like, gives up the last shred of humanity by killing the honeypot that he's fallen in love with. Well, I just... and But in the Korean, going back to what Wes said, they're trying to make them a force of good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you have more of who you're rooting for. Yeah. And that's why he chooses not to do it, because they're, that's, the, that's the tonal shift mm-hmm. of the two movies, and so they're just doing stuff to uh, match that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. All right, so my impression is, um, well, I mean, I, th- I think we just went over our impressions, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good movie. You're waiting for the action scenes. You kind of have to keep paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, or else you don't really understand everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but it kind of takes too long in the movie to be like, okay, now I understand who this person is, that person. We haven't talked about the secret agent from the Wolf's Brigade that gets captured uh, after, after beating up uh, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Man. 
you know. poor guy. So overall, this scored pretty low. It didn't really bracken the the sales. Um, it was no, actually it pulled didn't. early from the box office in Korea because yeah. uh, it wasn't doing that well. Wow, that's so weird. It's not a bad movie. I just think it's unnecessarily complex, like complicated. It's just hard to follow, and it's not like to compare it to something recent. Like there's this Korean movie called The Handmaiden, which is kind of similar in how much double crossing there is. But it's such an easier movie to follow than this. I feel like this was just a little unnecessarily complicated. And so it's pro- it probably was just harder for the audience to be like, what's going on? Uh, exactly. And is it an action film like Die Hard or is it an espionage film? Yeah. You know, and yeah, it did kind of mix genres a little bit. Yeah, well, it also tries to be a little bit more romantic, but it's like, who the fuck are you going with here? Yeah. I mean, overall, the action scenes are really, really strong. So it really wants me to give it a higher rating on that. Yeah. Uh, but as a package, Kenny checked out apparently at the end. <laughs> he checked out like three different times. Uh, Where's the ending? I just, I prefer the movie, the general ending so much. I was just like, this is, I'm out. I checked. I'm just done. Yeah. I mean, at one point in time, I just went to my phone and started looking up, trying to look up trivia and facts uh, for the podcast part of it because it's like, Man, this is going way too slow. So because of that, I'm going to give it two Korean barbecues out of five. Well, I guess I'm a little bit nicer. I'm going to give it an MG3 out of five. Uh, <laughs> just, I do, I, I mean, I, I dock it a full MG because of the ending. Where I think mm. that they just, they didn't know how they wanted to end it. And they didn't want to use the original ending. So they kind of just fumbled through it. And then before that, there's just disjointed parts. Like there's yeah. bits we said where they put it in because the anime had it. But even though it doesn't fit the live action and things like that. Uh, I I give it three Darth Vader out of five. Kind of like what Wes is saying, I, and with Josh, the action scenes are great. They're just kind of the middle piece, and we're kind of the some of the build up just kind of falls a little bit. They tried with the uh, the training scene to kind of okay, here's a little bit more action to kind of break it up a little, but it just kind of worked, kind of didn't. And maybe if they had cut out some of the extra subplots that were in it, maybe that would have helped some. I think that's kind of going back to what we were just saying, is that this was supposed to be a theater blockbuster-style movie. Yeah. But they gave it the plot of a cult classic anime. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason it's a cult classic anime and not a theater blockbuster. So if you want to make it a theater blockbuster, you can take the same basic themes. You'll see those all over the place. We're talking about the comparisons to Born Identity mm-hmm. and all those types of things, or all just the amazing action scenes. Mm-hmm. Just simplify it. Yeah. You want two rival factions fighting over each other with a guy kind of caught in the middle who may or may not know more than he does, killing people along the way? Great. I just described most movies that come out of Hollywood that aren't your crazy comedies. Yeah. But leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately I would give this um, three of Lim's jackets out of five just because I dock it a full star, a full jacket for the ending because it should have ended a lot sooner. And then just some weird editing things. I think there were scenes that were unnecessary and some scenes that were just a little too long. There was this weird exchange where they they're in Seoul Tower and apparently they had ordered coffee and a cocoa and... I don't. Maybe the director was like dating this the the woman who was playing the uh, the coffee person. But it was like, why are we seeing? Why is why are we hearing this co- this person explain this is coffee and this is cocoa? I, there was just some unnecessary stuff. And the movie's long. It's like two hours and nineteen minutes. They could have easily cut forty five minutes of content from that and made it like a really tight ninety minutes. Three jackets out of five. Uh, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life searching online for limbs. Uh, brown leather jacket (laughs) that's better than mediocre and i will say that i i really believe that like korea 
on average, is producing better films than contemporary Japan. So um, this is a solid movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just it has problems. Well, Kenny's absolutely correct on that, but he just pulled a uh, giant eagles out of a Mordor uh, scenario here. Uh, we're going to wrap this uh, podcast up to keep a nice, tight uh, insert minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're at uh, uh, we're at the sixty minute mark. Oh, good. Well, normally we cut this back down to forty five. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> which is still longer than recommendations for my talk to spouse, which should be longer. Gone in sixty minutes. What? Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> what they called you back in high school? Done in Hey-o. thirty seconds. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, thanks for the plug from Kenny. Uh, Odafus Dismay isn't longer, and it's not going to be, but we are thinking about doing more in-depth on things. So please listen to that, as well as Real Japan, which is the star podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Levin and I just recorded a kick-ass episode of Annie Bros, so let's see uh, which one of these gets out first. Uh, I wouldn't do any of this stuff, because we have, like, ten of these in a the can, and uh, uh, people might be old and gray by the time it gets released. Yeah, that's true. So I'll do my uh, work as the chief marketing officer of Annie Bros Creative and say that you can find us online at AnnieBrosCreative.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at Annie Bros Creative. You can also find me at Sakoku underscore Otaku, and Wes uh, at Wattish. Is it Wattish? Oh, sorry. Username is Wattish, and I guess it is at one of ten with ten spelled out. I don't yeah. know. I don't pay attention to Twitter. What's yeah. a Twitter? Uh, what's our Facebook account? It's uh, Facebook.com slash Annie Bros Creative, but I'm... Backslash Kenny failed at it. We should just... Va- <laughs> I, Facebook is so bad. They knew about everything. They're the public security of this world. <laughs> they knew... He got so, honeypotted. So why is, we all got honeypotted by why Facebook. Why is Kenny claiming to be our marketing officer when two weeks into the Anna Bros movement, he quit? That's true. Because <laughs> you all suck. Because I'm the Han. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had a ditch us to get a promotion over at the public sector. Yeah. It's true, bitches, and it's going great. Yeah. <laughs> He is jealous of my house husband lifestyle. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and with that, we're done here. Uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of uh, Real Japan. Join us next time for another... For another episode of Real Japan? <laughs> for well, another... I was just trying to think about how to describe a live-action movie based on uh, uh, anime. A mess? Yeah, a mess. <laughs> for another hot mess. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, Kenny, can you get that for me? Yeah, one second. Bang! Shippada.